0: that showed that it was a good pearl. He examined it closely, through a pocket magnifying glass. It was without flaw or blemish. The purity of it seemed almost to melt into the atmosphere out of his hand. In the shade, it was softly luminous, gleaming like a tender moon. So translucent white was it, that when he dropped it into a glass of water he had difficulty in finding it so straight and swiftly it had sunk to the bottom that he knew its weight was excellent. Well, what do you want for it? He asked, with a fine assumption of nonchalance. I want to... Mapuhai began. And behind him, framing his own dark face, the dark faces of two women and a girl nodded concurrence in what he wanted. Their heads were bent forward. They were animated... By a suppressed eagerness, their eyes flashed avariciously. I want a house, Mapuhai went on. It must have a roof of galvanized iron and an octagon drop clock. It must be six fathoms long with a porch all around. A big room must be in the center, with a round table in the middle of it and the octagon drop clock on the wall. There must be four bedrooms, two on each side of the big room, and in each bedroom must be an iron bed, two chairs, and a washstand. And back of the house must be a kitchen, a good kitchen, with pots and pans and a stove. And you must build a house on my island, which is Fakarava. Is that all? Raoul asked incredulously. There must be a sewing machine spoke up to Farah, Mabuhai's wife. Not forget the octagon drop clock, added Na'uri, Mabuhai's mother. Yes, that is all, said Mabuhai. Young Raoul laughed. He laughed long and heartily. But while he laughed, he secretly performed problems in mental arithmetic. He had never built a house in his life, and his notions concerning house-building were hazy. While he laughed, he calculated the cost of the voyage to Tahiti for materials, of the materials themselves, of the voyage back again to Fakarava, and the cost of landing the materials and of building the house. It would come to four thousand French dollars, allowing a margin for safety. Four thousand French dollars were equivalent to twenty thousand francs. It was impossible. How was he to know the value of such a pearl? Twenty thousand francs was a lot of money. And of his mother's money at that. Mapuhai, he said, you are a big fool. Set a money price. But Mapuhai shook his head, and the three heads behind him shook with his. I want a house. He said, "It must be six fathoms long, with a porch all around. Yes, yes, Raoul interrupted. I know all about your house, but it won't do. I'll give you a thousand Chile dollars. The foreheads chorused a silent negative. and a hundred Chile dollars in trade? I want the house. Mapuhi began. What good will the house do you? Raul demanded. The first hurricane that comes along will wash it away. You ought to know. Captain Raffae says it looks like a hurricane right now. Not on Fakarava, said Mapuhai. The land is much higher there. On this island, yes. Any hurricane can sweep. I will have the house on Fakarava. It must be six fathoms long, with a porch all around. And Raul listened again to the tale of the house. Several hours he spent in the endeavor to hammer the house obsession out of Mapuhai's mind. But Mapuhai's mother and wife and Ngakura... Mapuhai's daughter, bolstered him in his resolve for the house. Through the open doorway, while he listened for the twentieth time to the detailed description of the house that was wanted, Raoul saw his schooner's second boat draw up on the beach. The sailors rested on the oars, advertising haste to be gone. The first mate of the Aurai sprang ashore, exchanged a word with the one-armed native, then hurried toward Raoul. The day grew suddenly dark as a squall obscured the face of the sun. Across the lagoon Raoul could see approaching the ominous line of the puff of wind. Captain Raffy says you've got to get the hell out of here, was the mate's greeting. If there's any shell, we've got to run the risk of picking it up later on. So he says, the barometer's dropped to twenty-nine seventy. The gust of wind struck. The pandanus tree overhead and tore through the palms beyond, flinging half a dozen ripe coconuts with heavy thuds to the ground. Then came the rain out of the distance, advancing with the roar of a gale of wind, and causing the water of the lagoon to smoke in driven windrows. The sharp rattle of the first drops was on the leaves when Raoul sprang to his feet. A thousand Chile chile-daughters cash down, Mapuhei, he said, and two hundred Chile chile-daughters in trade. I want a house, the other began. Mabuhay! Raoul yelled in order to make himself heard. You are a fool! He flung out of the house and, side by side with the mate, fought his way down the beach toward the boat. They could not see the boat. The tropic rain sheeted about them so that they could see only the beach under their feet and the spiteful little waves from the lagoon that snapped and bit at the sand. A figure appeared through the deluge. It was Huru-Huru, the man with the one arm. Did you get the pearl? he yelled in Raoul's ear. Mapuhai is a fool, was the answering yell. And the next moment they were lost to each other in the descending water. Half an hour later, Huru-Huru, watching from the seaward side of the atoll, saw the two boats hoisted in, and the hour pointing her nose out to sea. And near her, just come in from the sea, on the wings of the squall, he saw another schooner, hove-to and dropping a boat into the water. He knew her. It was the Orohenna, owned by Toriki, the half-caste trader, who served as his own supercargo, and who doubtless was even then in the stern sheets of the boat. Huru-Huru chuckled. He knew that Mapuhai owed Toriki, for trade goods advanced the year before. The squall had passed. The hot sun was blazing down, and the lagoon was once more a mirror. But the air was sticky like mucilage, and the weight of it seemed to burden the lungs and make breathing difficult. Have you heard the news, Toriki? Hulu-Hulu asked. "'Mapuhai has found a pearl. Never was there a pearl like it ever fished up in Hiku-Iru. "'Nor anywhere in the Palmotus. Nor anywhere in all the world. "'Mapuhai is a fool. Besides, he owes you money. "'Remember that I told you first. Have you any tobacco?' "'I to the grass shack of Mapuhai went Toriki. "'He was a masterful man, withal a fairly stupid one. "'Carelessly he glanced at the wonderful pearl.' glanced for a moment only, and carelessly he dropped it into his pocket. You are lucky, he said. It is a nice pearl. I will give you credit on my books. I want a house, Muppelhai began in consternation. It must be six fathoms. Six fathoms, your grandmother, was the traitor's retort. You want to pay up your debts, that's what you want. You owed me $1,200, Chile. Very well, you owe them no longer. The amount is squared. Besides, I will give you credit.